All right, for the rest of us, we're glad that you're here for part two of Training in the Word. I'm really excited about this series. I hope that uh, those of you who were here last week, uh, it was an encouragement to you. Some people might come away feeling like, ah, wow, I'm not doing any of that, and I just feel terrible. Don't, don't feel that. God has given us grace. We're not earning stuff. This is all for you to, to start from wherever you are and take these baby steps. It's going to be really, really helpful if you do. Um, we look at the opening slide, we see a runner running, and it looks like running into infinity. It just like, oh, crud, that would be a long run, and I'm not a runner. And training, if you haven't really been doing it, always feels like it's going to be terrible, and I don't want to do it. But if you talk to a runner who trains effectively, they look forward to it. They literally love it. Uh, they talk about how great they feel when they're done, and they just can't wait to do it again. And it's like... That's when you've done the training effectively. And so it's not like we talked about last week with the topic, why bother? It's not like this terrible tasting medicine, you know, you better take it. It just, you hate it. It's not like the shredded wheat that's so dry that you just hate to chew it. And you got to take it in. And today we're talking about taking it in. And I want to give us some more steps. And somebody already grabbed an outline and said, wow, this is different. It is. Today is different, whether it's you're looking on the paper version or the, the U version, events version of our outline. It is different today, but I'm trying to be really, really practical. Now, when some of the slides didn't work earlier, I got really nervous because I'm going to bring up a lot of different stuff. I'm hoping it's all working today. Uh, so it's fun. It's good. I look forward to training in the Word. It's not a got to. It's a get to. I, I get to do this. I, wake, I get to wake up early. I get to get to this. And it's, it's personal. And it's so great. And after I've done the things that I do, I usually like to top it off with the icing on the cake where my prayer time is outdoors. And here's a picture of yesterday's icing on the cake. I get to be on the, watch the sunrise come in and see our own beautiful valley as I'm praying over it. Isn't this place we live amazing that we get to live here and be outdoors and just be with God and just breathe in the beauty that he's given us. If you haven't been out lately, get out. <laughs> enjoy this place that God has given us and enjoy God who's given it to us. That's my dog, Sierra, by the way. I'll, I'll try to sneak her in the sermon every now and again. Uh, so, excuse me for that. Now, we're going to be jumping into taking it in. Here's where we're going in this series. Last week was Why Bother? Today is taking it in. Uh, the week after that is process it, and the week after that is live it out. And so, I'm going to give us some practical tools today about how to take the Word of God in. So these are training tools, and if you use these training tools... Um, effectively, you'll enjoy it more and more. If it's not working for you, get better tools, okay? The tool I'm going to share with you today is called the contact study. I learned it almost 40 years ago from an older guy who taught it to me um, in a class at San Jose Christian College when I was picking up a degree after my first degree in religious studies. My second degree was in one year for free, because my dad was a prof there, I got to pick up another degree working around my one degree to get a Bible and theology and ministry degree, which was fun, and then moved from there. So Bill Vail, 
I have no idea where he is. So Bill, if you're out there and you see this sometime, thank you for this study. Um, shared this with me, and I'm going to share it with you. Now, have I used this every day since then for 40 years? No. Um, but I have dipped in and out of these concepts and taught them over and over again. Here's the thing about training tools. Even runners don't use the same training method and same training tool every day, or it wears them out. It makes it more difficult. So sometimes it's uh, interval training. Sometimes it's speed training. Sometimes it's distance training, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes it's not even running. It's doing other things, okay? So training tools, if you have a system that's working for you, stay with it. As soon as it gets dry, shift it, okay? And do something a little different. So I'm going to give you a tool today to work on if you need a shift, or if you don't have training going for you, and this will be a helpful tool to start with. So, before we uh, move any further, I really enjoyed the verse of the day uh, that popped up on Tuesday, and it fit in with the message today, and it fits in with the idea of, of how... The Word of God is important that you train. So here's Timothy Keller. I always enjoy when he has something to say. Uh, a video from him. It was on the version verse of the day. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. So what does it mean to trust in the Lord with all your heart? It means to not lean on your own understanding. Uh, our culture tells us, absolutely, no one should tell you what is right or wrong for you. You must lean on your own understanding. But please think, you remember how your 15-year-old self thought your 10-year-old self was an idiot? Do you remember how your 25-year-old self thought your 15-year-old self was an idiot? Do you remember how your 35-year-old self thought your 25-year-old self was an idiot? You're an idiot now. Do not <laughs> lean on your own understanding. Lean on the Word of God. And you know what? you've got in the Bible, you've got the ultimate example of leaning on the Word of God and even and trusting the Lord through leaning on the Word of God, Jesus Christ himself. 10% of everything Jesus Christ says in the New Testament is a quotation of Scripture. When Peter pulls out his sword, Jesus Christ says, hey, I know they're coming to kill me, but put your sword down. I could call 10,000 10, angels, but then the Scripture wouldn't be fulfilled. And on the cross when he's dying, he quotes Psalm 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? When you cut Jesus Christ, he literally bled scripture because that's how he trusted his father. You trust Jesus, who immersed himself in the word of God, to save you. Now you trust Jesus by immersing yourself in the word of God to honor him. Amen to that. So why are we thinking about training in the Word. If you missed last week, the purpose for training in the Word is to allow the Word of God to shape us and shape us into more Christ-likeness. And it really is effective in getting in shape, the right kind of shape to where we look a little bit more like Jesus. So when you are taking it in to enter into that training process, I'm introducing what is called the contact Bible study method. Again, Bill Vale, I think he came up with it and he shared it with me. And the word contact is an acrostic, so I have on your outline all of the letters to that acrostic. But he did something interesting where he said the front end of the word contact is 
kant for content. And the last half of the word contact is act for action. And so you're going to go to the content always to get the action, okay? So that it's not just for your mind. It's not just for your knowledge. It's going to be so that you can use it. So the first letter of the acrostic contact, which, by the way, it's a great word, too, for this process because we're always going to want to make contact with God. Every time we uh, are doing a study, we're not just getting information. We want to make this a way of contacting God and hearing from God because this is his word, his revealed word. C is for controlled by prayer, controlled by prayer. Now, some people don't like the word control. It never even occurred to me to not like this controlled by prayer until this last go around when I thought, you know, really, I've never ever been controlled by God. Okay? A lot of people fear the whole process of Bible study. It's like I'm like giving up control. I fear the process of prayer because like he's going to take over. Uh, God doesn't do that. He works with you in covenant where you yield to him and work with him in relationship. And so uh, this is the first time I thought, you know, if I were to teach this again, I'd probably change it from controlled by prayer to call on God's help. Use the word see. Call on God's help. And what you're doing is you want the process of entering into the word to not be um, derailed by what takes place in your own heart. Now, I'm going to keep referring to um, what each step is supposed to get at. So controlled by prayer. Pray that God will control your study. Pray for intellectual honesty. Pray that God will open your eyes to truths and you may not have, that you haven't seen before. And pray for God's help in your study. Controlled by prayer. Now, it's quite possible to take in the Word of God and never make contact. It's quite possible to take in the Word of God and be clueless as to what you just took in. It's possible to read it and feel like, I'm not getting anything out of this. Now, what I want to eliminate is the barriers and roadblocks that are common when it comes to reading the Word of God. Most of the barriers and roadblocks are your own heart. So you, ha- you want to, in your call out to God, you want to humble yourself before God. You want to just... Uh, confess anything that you need to confess and be humble before God. This isn't like you're a genius. You're going to figure this out. You're going to do this on your own. No, it doesn't work like that at all. You need God's spirit to help you. In fact, I don't know anybody that understands the Bible properly who has not been resurrected from the dead through the Holy Spirit, spiritually speaking, okay? The spirit is God's spirit released through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Once His death paid for our sin. God literally, this is the new thing about what took place in the center of the Bible. God enables his spirit to take up residence in our spirit. And now we are, our old lives are dead. We're new creatures. And as new creatures, his spirit can now illuminate and reveal to us what God was all about, which we were kind of dead to before. And our own heart can get in the way, even after we believe in Jesus and accepted his salvation, and the Spirit has made us alive. But we can start in sin or lack of humility to have a block or a barrier. 
I'm going to give us an example of a block and a barrier from the people of God themselves that Jesus confronted. It's going to be in John chapter 5, verse 39 through 40. And if I was doing a contact study, I would have read the whole chapter, and there's going to be a little tiny piece that I would dig in on. And this piece is a part of that little tiny piece that I would dig in further on. John 5, 39 through 40 reads... You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Now, Jesus is in a conflict. He's in a conflict between the religious leaders of his day And the camera, John's gospel camera, is actually a written narrative in this video of his life, is focused on the hero who's in conflict with the religious leaders, and he's saying, this is what the whole Bible is all about. We're now at the place where all these prophecies that you know are pointing to me, and you refuse to come to me, and yet you think you've got the truth. You diligently study the scriptures, and you are missing it, so the heart of was a barrier, and they were interpreting all of the scriptures wrong, they were missing the mark. That's quite possible to run into now and today. As I look at my notes, I realize with my impromptu intro, I totally didn't go with my first verse that I was working on. Thank you back there for following me. We're going to read now Jesus' words that talk about how important our heart is as it relates to taking in the word of God. And here's what Jesus says in Matthew. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceeds from the mouth of God. And when he said that, he was in conflict not with people. He was in conflict with the usurper. He was in conflict with the kingdom of darkness that had taken over the world. He had come to the world to take over the rebellion and turn it around to have them begin to follow him in his kingdom And now, right after his baptism, he goes into the desert, and he is fasting for 40 days, and he's hungry, and the devil is tempting him to eat, but he's tempting him to show off and do it. Turn these stones into bread. And Jesus, who trains in the word, quotes from Deuteronomy, he says that man does not live by bread alone. Now, let's just pause and ponder that thought. Eating, as in taking in God's word, spiritually, is at least as important, and I would say more important, than eating food is for us physically. I literally quote this verse, by the way, not just about eating. I quote this verse when I feel tempted to sleep in and not spend time early with my Lord. When I want to just stay in bed longer, I say, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceeds from the mouth of God. And when I quote it, I I know what I'm thinking. I need you more than I need my next 15 minutes or 20 minutes or two hours of sleep. I need you more. I need to take you in. The word of God revealed for my soul. Because this is eternal we're talking about. Our eternal well-being. Bread is good. We need it physically but that's temporal. Sleep is good. We need it for health. 
but that's temporal. And are you starving yourself from God's words that will help you thrive forever? Are you starving yourself from the rest that you'll find in refreshment in God because you're sleeping through it, you don't have time? That's not meant to guilt you. That's just meant to elevate your eyes to what's so important, according to Jesus, to take in God's word. It was important to him. And he used it to do battle against the enemy who was coming against his life. And guess what? The enemy is still doing battle against our lives. We need to train. Because the most powerful weapon we have is the word of God. Truth to confront the deceptions of the enemy. All right, we're going to jump to the O now in the acrostic. So we got controlled by prayer, O for orientation. Okay, so by orientation, I mean get to the big picture, who wrote the book and why, what is the general content, themes, read it over and over, get a feel for that big picture. Now, I realize that most of us aren't equipped, if we're brand new to the Bible, to get the big picture. You can read you know, a paragraph ahead of time, or ahead of the, con- the, the one you're in, and if you're reading in, in context, that's the best way to read and understand the book, by the way. Don't, don't do this. What am I going to read this morning? God, show me. Oh, Judas went and killed himself. Wait a minute. Uh, go, therefore, and do likewise. Wait a minute. You, you know... <laughs> No, 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 no. Read it in context is the best way to understand what the word is really about, okay? And so get oriented. Now, I'm, I'm going to advocate some tools here. Some tools are going to be paper tools. Some tools are digital tools. And here's a tool that's either. <laughs> the ESV Study Bible is a, one of the uh, bigger uh, Uh, more scholarly, team-written, newer uh, study Bibles that I really, really appreciate. I grew up on study Bibles, so like when I first was a Christian, um, study Bibles were coming out, and I really enjoyed the NIV study Bible, then I enjoyed the application study Bible, then I enjoyed the student study Bible, and now this one, the ESV study Bible. If you can buy one study Bible, that would be helpful. For under 30 bucks, you get this massive volume, or in Kindle, this volume that's only like this thin, Okay. (laughs) <laughs> and, and before every book, the team of scholars will orient you about the book, when it was written, why it was written, how it fits into the whole scheme, etc., etc. So if you have one of those tools, it's very helpful, um, and it's for under $30, whether Kindle or whether hardbound, that's a great... I, I sometimes told people, you know what? If you did an entire study of the entire Bible and read every note in this Bible, you'd have a really good Bible education. And so it's well worth the investment for your training, the ESV Study Bible. Help you in this orientation process. All right, the N. So we got uh, the C is controlled by prayer. The O is orientation. The N is notice text. So here's what you're doing. You're, you're reading, say you're in a reading plan. You decided, I'm going to read the whole Gospel of John. So we, we dipped into the Gospel of John. You kind of come, came to chapter 5. We just read chapter 5. And then, boom, it's like, whoa, this just pops out to me. I just read you a couple of verses. And then you're going to zero in on even more. And you're going to try to know a lot about less and get something out of it. And that's the process that I'm going to advocate for you. And here's what it says in terms of notice text. Write down a word, a phrase, a sentence, or an entire paragraph that strikes you 
The text is what you notice. This is the text you decide to take a more careful look at. Decide to know a lot about a little. And then you start asking questions and digging in further, okay? So I'm going to sort of lead you through that process a little bit in this John passage. And what popped out to me is that you read the scriptures. You think that by reading the scriptures, you think that by this training that you have life. But you've missed the point. You refuse to come to me. And so I just zeroed down to every time you read the scriptures, make contact. Come to Jesus. Okay? Really, really important there. So that's the notice text. Pick a phrase and get it right down to the... Let's say you're reading your plan. This happens to me a lot. And especially if you're doing a through the Bible plan, you're going to chapter after chapter after chapter. And you're just checking off the list. Okay, I got through my section for today. And then you usually want to just move on. Stop. Ask yourself, did you notice anything? Because you ask God to help you. Did you notice anything? Sometimes I don't. So I go, okay, stop. Let me look back over. Did I notice anything? Look back over. Oh, yeah, this is, did I notice anything? Hmm. Did I notice any? Oh, I'll pick this for my notice text. I, even if it's that arbitrary, I'm going to get something out of it way more than if it just cruise, Okay. This is what I'm going to make me notice. Okay, now I'm going to ask some questions about this, and then I'll come away with something more than that. Okay, so start with prayer, get oriented, pick your notice text, and now you're going to get the T, which we're going to use the T for translate text. That just simply means interpret it. And uh, define the words, explain the phrases, write it out in your own words, what you think it means, find out where it fits in the context, and ask good questions like who, what, why, when, how, and where, and just dig at it a little bit, write some of your thoughts down to see if you can learn more about this text that you noticed. Now, I would like to share with you a tool that I was very excited to find, and it's free if you have a smartphone. The U version is the one that we use for providing the sermon outlines, by the way, to you in events. Um, but also in Bible. So I'm going to show you, this is actually just a video capture off my phone showing you John uh, 5.38. So in, it, as I'm just reading through the thing, I can highlight verse 38, nor does his word dwell in you, for you do not believe the one he sent. Uh, so now, once I highlighted it, on the bottom was a pop-up screen, I hit compare, and I get, these are the, translations I usually compare it with. Now, there's a whole bunch of translations. You can write down the translations I compare with. These are the ones. New Living Translation, ESV, English Standard Version, Christian Standard Bible, and Amplified, which is like more words. They just take multiple word meanings and expand it out for Amplified, okay? And I usually compare, uh, like if there's a word there, and you'll notice that the ESV, the word is abide. Takes me back a few weeks ago when we talked about you need to abide so that you can abound. And here it's talking about the word does not abide in you. He's confronting the, the leaders. The word is not abiding in you. It's not living in you. Why? Because you refuse to come to me. And so that's just kind of a cool um, tool. So in your, in your you version, pick Bible, read along, highlight the verse. It'll pop up with options in the bottom to like share it or do other things. Hit compare, then choose the versions you compare, and you're going to have this massive tool to look at how different words are translated by different scholars, and you will get a, a feel for the original by these different 
translated words. Great free tool, okay? That helps you in understanding verses. Now, moving from the T, translate text, we're going to A for, this is now moving from the content, we're moving to the action portion, and the A stands for application, application. Now, to illustrate this truth, which actually illustrates orientation as well, I'm going to introduce you to a great um, set of videos, I'm just going to show you one, by the Bible Project people. BibleProject.com, I believe it is. Excellent resource. Here's an example. This is part two of how to read the Bible, and it's going to give you a kind of an application of this, this section of John 5. Ready? Here we go. The Bible's an important book, but it's really long. Yeah, it's a collection of many books written over a long period of time, but altogether they tell one unified story. So, what's the story of the Bible? Well, it begins by introducing us to a beautiful mind, the author of all reality, a being called God. And he has the power to take the dark chaos of the uncreated world and bring about order and beauty and a garden full of life. And to crown this accomplishment, God appoints these creatures called humanity. Or in Hebrew, Adam. And they're made as God's image. Which means that they're commissioned to rule this beautiful world on God's behalf by harnessing all of its potential and creating even more beauty and order. This is a story about humans using their power to do meaningful, life-giving work. But the question is, how? Yeah, humanity now faces a choice that's represented by a fruit tree. So humans could partner with God and find freedom by trusting in his knowledge of good and evil. Or they could seize power and define good and evil on their own, which, God warns, will kill them. And they hear the voice of a dark, mysterious creature that tells them the choice is simple. Take the fruit. It'll give you power and freedom to rule the world on your own terms. And so they seize this knowledge, and as a result, they become suspicious and self-protective. It leads to fractured relationships, violent power grabs, and ultimately, a whole civilization, Babylon, that has redefined evil as good. And so, God scatters this corrupted human project. And here the story of the Bible takes an important turn. We zoom in to the story of a man and a woman who come out of Babylon, Abraham and Sarah. Yeah, God promises that from them will come a new people, a nation that has another chance to make the right choice. And if they succeed, it will open up this new way forward for the rest of humanity. And this is why the rest of the Bible story is about this family. And it does not go well. Despite God's personal guidance, Abraham's family gives in to that same temptation to redefine good and evil on their own terms, apart from God. Even when their best people were in charge, rulers who loved God's guidance and had divine wisdom, even they gave in. And so Israel was warned by their own prophets that these choices would lead them back to Babylon, this time as conquered captives living in exile, and that's exactly what happened. So even with God's personal guidance, Israel fails. Who can succeed? Well, the prophet said that the story wasn't over. God's going to send a new leader to Israel to cover for their failures and to transform the people's hearts and minds so that they can make the right choice. And so the part of the Bible called the Old Testament ends, and these promises are left hanging. And then the biblical story continues into the New Testament. We're introduced to a man who comes from the line of Israel's kings, Jesus of Nazareth. 
And he said that he was bringing all these promises to their completion. He confronted that dark, mysterious evil that all humanity has given into and resisted its power. And then he announced that God had arrived to rule the world through himself. Jesus taught about God's definition of good and evil, and he said that real power is serving others. According to Jesus, it's people who love the poor and even love their enemies. These are the kinds of people who actually rule the world. And that's confusing, but also really beautiful. And so is the claim that the story goes on to make about Jesus, that he is God become human, to be for Israel and for all humanity what we could never be for ourselves. He came to take the consequences of our evil into himself, and his sacrificial love proved more powerful than evil, than even death itself. So now humanity's presented with a new choice. Represented by a new tree. Stick with the old way of being human, or venture into this new way. And in the story, those who choose the way of Jesus find themselves energized by God's own power. People who know that they are loved and forgiven by God can become people who love and forgive others in return. The Jesus movement quickly spread throughout the world, forming these new communities of people who follow the way of Jesus. But they faced problems. There was persecution from the outside by people in power, and inside there was confusion, even compromise. Yeah, because following Jesus is really hard. And so the movement's leaders, called apostles, they wrote letters to comfort and to challenge these communities to stay faithful to the difficult way of Jesus. And they're called to hope for the day when Jesus will come and change everything. And so the Bible ends by pointing to the future day, when all wrongs are made right, when evil is eradicated, heaven and earth are united, and humanity can rule the world together in the love and power of God. Okay, so that's the story of the Bible, and it brings all of these books together. But what's interesting is that each book contains a different kind of literature that contributes to the story in a unique way, and that's what the next video will begin to explore. All right, so Bible Project. There's so many ways to access Bible Project. Um, your version Bible has a whole bunch of Bible Project plans, Bible Project videos. In fact, if you're reading the Bible from your version in your smartphone, in the upper left-hand corner is a compass. When you hit that compass, it opens up all these videos that are available for any passage of Scripture, which is that's a helpful tool. A lot of Bible Project videos are right there. So don't be fooled. They make, they make really complex stuff visual and feel simple, but they're really uh, a robust um, group of people that are putting some important information together to, in a way we can get a hold of. So hope you'll take advantage of that. Um, so the reason, though, I wanted to show that under this application part, let me read you what application is about. Put what you have learned into action. To help you do so, you want to write the principle or focus into one to five word nutshell, then try to write down an illustration of the truth or an implementation of it. The illustration can be from your own experience, it can be past, present, or future. So I, in my contact studies, illustrating for you, I wrote down, come to Jesus. I wanted to illustrate that. The whole Bible is about that. And the whole Bible is about Jesus. Even before, you know, the, all that literature before Jesus was leading up to his coming. It was what I was illustrating with showing that to you. So I um, hope you see that that was the application. Of course, I need to come to Jesus 
as I'm reading it. So how am I going to come to Jesus and make contact with Jesus right now as I'm studying this passage is the idea. And you write that underneath as well. All right, so that's the application. C is commitment. Make a commitment to do what you have learned. Knowledge without action is useless. And so um, that's what the training is all about. The Bible is not an end in itself. It's a means to an end to get us into a, a, a closer likeness to the shape of Jesus so that Jesus gets more a hold of us and we're able to give him more glory and honor and help others get a hold of that also. And so I encourage you to jump into that training. So there's a commitment that you want to uh, be writing after each study. I would like to commit to this. I would like to do this. I would like to take this step. Otherwise, you're going to not get as much out of it. It's kind of like, here's a sign. And this sign says, you know, whatever it is, Disneyland, X number of miles that way. And you just get all enamored with the sign, and you measure the sign, and you measure its dimensions. You write down, it's, the post is brown, the sign is green. Oh, I just love the sign. Hello? The sign is not about the sign. The Word of God is not about the Word of God. The Word of God tells you to take steps and get there and live it. And so a lot of people are just doing Bible study just to do Bible study. And just more knowledge and just kind of, it's all about measuring this and figuring out this and statistically this and this connects with that and this connects with that. Whoa, whoa. no, let's live it. And that's what that commitment helps us to do. So C-O-N-T-A-C and the last letter is T for teach, T for teach. You might be going, wait a minute, I'm not a teacher. Hello, you're a follower of Jesus. In other words, you're trying to be more and more like Jesus. And then as Jesus in his life began to show what the kingdom of God was like to those around him, we become more like Jesus and we show what the kingdom of God is like for us and for you too. And would you like to experience what I experienced? Yes, you are a teacher. Maybe not a teacher gifted as such. Maybe not a teacher where it's content and words flow easily, but your life reflects more of what it is that is from Jesus. So share what you have learned with someone else. Find anybody who will listen. If you can teach it, you will learn it better. So when you are now sharing it from your study in the morning, if you just talk to your wife or her husband and share it and then tell somebody else about it, you know, call somebody from your group, the more you share it, the more it kind of becomes a part of your thinking, not just something outside of you that you learn, but it starts to become your thinking. So that's C-O-N-T-A-C-T. Now, on the back side of the paper version, I didn't know how to put this in the U version. The back side of the paper version is just a worksheet for this contact process. And so, uh, by example, I'll put it on the screen. Scripture read, John 5, main topic, studying the scriptures. Notice text, I picked the smaller text, 39 through 40, jumped out at me, translated, it's quite possible to study God's word and miss the point, and it becomes a pointless practice, Okay. And that was a pointless practice for these religious experts that were teachers of the law. They missed the point, and that's what Jesus was saying. So that's the content part. Then we move to the action part. Uh, date, the state, study, the Gospel of John, the, the one to five word focus. Come to Jesus every time you study. Make contact. Illustration, implementation. One, always make contact with Jesus when you study his word. Two, the whole Bible is all about Jesus. 
Now, that's just a quick way of taking one passage, showing you how the context study works. Now, somebody said, wait, what are we going to do in our small groups? If we use this, there's no questions and answers. Hello, do a Bible study, and now you're going to talk about what you learned, and you're going to teach each other what you learned through that, that process yourself. Now, if you're not in a study that's doing these sheets, that's okay. Try the tool. Try the tool this week, and try to get better at this tool and maybe even look at some of the resources I mentioned. Tools, tools, tools are very helpful. And then the more you enjoy and are effectively training with these tools, the more you will enjoy your time with God as you make contact. You're going to just like, wow, I can't wait for the next time. Wow, this is so good. Wow, that was amazing. i got to tell somebody. That's going to be eventually your experience if it's not at first. At first it might be, this workout was hard. Okay, let's just be real. This workout was hard. I don't really understand it that much. I'm calling on God for help, but like I don't, I, I'm not hearing anything specific. You'll get there. You might want to call on a, another helper as well that's a little further down the road to kind of, what should we study and how do you help me? You know, that helps as well. All right, I'm over time. Let's pray. Lord God, this was a, a day that we thank you for practical tools to learn more from what you have revealed. You've given us a lens in your revelation through which to look at our own lives and to look at the world and, and everything the way it works. And so help us as we look through this lens at your world that we develop more and more of a, a worldview like Jesus' worldview. Help us to grow as we train to look more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Perhaps you're struggling with something in particular, or perhaps you want Jesus in your life, whatever it might be, there's a prayer team to the left of the stage. I encourage you to go uh, ask for prayer. They'd be happy to pray with you. See you next week for Process It.